Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. If you're looking for a stocking stuffer gift idea, get a gift card from Outpost Coffee. That would, I'm telling you, that would make my whole Christmas morning. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. And all right, so on the program today, looking forward to this conversation with my friend, Pastor Jeremy Freeman. He is the pastor at First Baptist Church, Newcastle. Um, his story is incredible. It is just one of God's grace and providential mercy over the over his son's life, Caleb Freeman. Um, horrible, ridiculous car wreck that, that he had 10% chance of living, and God shows up and does the most incredible thing. Jeremy tells that story, and, and we're he and I are going to be doing an event together in January, so this is sort of a promotional podcast to talk about this upcoming event, as well as him sharing his story. So looking forward to this. I pray this conversation blesses you today. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, my brother, Jeremy Freeman. How in the world are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm loving this time of the year, bro. It's the best. Oh my goodness. Yes. You guys, have you got your tree up yet? tree is up man that and listen fantastic. this year i went away from the pre-lit tree i hate the pre-lit okay like regular tree wrapped it now I, i'm in total control of the lights so wait and a minute is, now is this you got the real tree or you still got is it is the is it yeah, a it's fake it's fake okay all right no no no. If it was up to me i'd get the real tree the wife liked the fake tree i though. get it I mean, so is mine so does yep. mine totally yep. understand that <laughs> what how have things been going in your world man things are good dude we are um uh, we're in the middle of a massive building project at the church. We're talking huge. This church has been here since 1905. We're an old church okay. and we've updated a few times here and there, but this is like the biggest thing our church has ever done. You know, we're in three worship services. It's busy. Our volunteers are maxed out. They're tired. So the new building will let us kind of get everybody back where we need to be. So praise the Lord. That is so awesome. That is Exciting. so cool. So I, I had you on the podcast, I, I think it's a right around two years ago, yeah. and we we just sort of kind of hashed through some stuff. And I wanted to re just go back through and, and talk about some of the things um, that, that, you know, that have been going on in your life. Just give us real quick an overview, a 30,000 foot view of who Jeremy Freeman is and how Jesus got a hold of you. Yeah, man. I, uh, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, uh, went to a Christian school. <clears throat> My dad's an evangelist, been in ministry uh, for the last 40 years. Um, but I was a typical, you know, in, in many ways, minister's kid. I yep. was, was going to church, Christian school. I had all of this kind of head knowledge, but uh, I had never really been transformed by the power of the gospel. Come on. And when I was 16 years old, my dad actually forced me to go to a camp he was preaching. And, um, Man, God radically changed my life. I mean, like totally. It was awesome. And I went back and I was a different person. And as you expect, you know, you get brought from death to life, right? So uh, so then I felt like the Lord was calling me to ministry. And I was going to go to Texas A&M University, but God called me to ministry. And I heard about this little school in Oklahoma called Oklahoma Baptist University. So I I applied. I got accepted. Next thing I know, I'm heading to OBU. Come on. yeah, man. So I met my wife there, did a lot of ministry and God put in me a heart for the local church. So for the last 25 years, I've been a student pastor. I was an associate pastor. And for the last 15 years, I've been a, a lead pastor here at First Baptist in Newcastle. So that's kind of my little 
overview. And my wife and I, we've been married 25 years. We have seven children. Uh, just chaos. Chaos. Hey, that's, that's the kind of chaos I like, brother. Yeah. It's awesome. Man, that's so you're, I didn't know you were a PK. That's me, man. man we, no me. wonder I like you, man. We're no both, wonder. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, my dad's an evangelist, so it's kind of, uh, he's a, I, I'm an MK, minister's kid, right? Hey, that's uh, cool. Hey, that's all the same. Yeah. It's, now, how, how old are you? Uh, 46. Holy cow. We're just a year apart. I did not realize. I just turned 45. So, what, holy smoke. You gradu- I graduated high school in 95, man. No, see, well, I, I was, uh, I was 98. So I don't know if I, yeah, I was, yeah. Maybe I started late. I was a late bloomer. I know my parents helped me back, you know, there's so maybe know. that's it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I had no idea. That's yeah. crazy. Um, okay. So let's, let's transition a little bit and, and Ben, you've been literally all over the nation. You've been on television programs. You've been yeah. on, it's like my son, he texts me, my son goes to college of the Ozarks. Yeah, dude. And, he, he texts me. He's like, "Hey, guess who's here?" And I was like, "Who?" He's like, "Jeremy and Caleb." And I was like, "What?" And so Dude, we had such a great day, you know. So, so the people that don't know, we've had two major life events in our life. Our we had our our seven year old son Trey passed away in 2013, so 10 years ago. He'd be 17 years old, and then four years after that, 2017, my two oldest were in a near fatal car accident, right? Yeah. And my youngest at the time, Clayton suffered a concussion. Caleb suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. He was given less than 10% chance of survival. God did this great miracle in his life, which we can talk about. But out of our suffering, God has birthed this ministry. Mm-hmm. And we could have never asked for it, didn't even really desire it, but the Lord gave it to us. And God has just opened up a lot of doors that uh, that allow us to minister. We see a lot of people come to know Jesus we, we get to minister to people in their pain, in their suffering. Well, and that's just opened up doors to go. So we speak in, of course, churches. We do public school assemblies. We speak in businesses. We've done AFLAC, Hobby Lobby. We've spoken um, in all just a prison and all different kinds of places. Wherever God opens the door, we go. And God's really using our story. Yeah, that's so, I mean, walk us through the night you get the phone call and and, and just what that, what that looked like for you. Well, I had done a funeral that morning. It was December 19th, 2017. And the funeral director offered me two tickets to an OU basketball game. My son, Caleb was 16 at the time and on the varsity basketball team, great athlete, all that stuff. So I knew he'd want to go to the game. Sure. I couldn't go to the game. So I called Caleb and I said, I got these two tickets. I said, do you want them? He said, yes. And I said, I'm going to have to meet you. So I pull into this parking lot. I give Caleb the tickets. His brother's with him, who's 14. It had started raining. But, you know, the 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 uh, where, the where the Sooners play is not far from where I gave him the tickets, like 10, 15 minutes away. So yeah. I thought, it's, it's okay. So they took off with one direction. I went the other direction. And I walked in my house, and my phone rang, and it said Caleb Freeman. So I answered the phone, and there was a man under the line. And I first off, I thought maybe I saw the phone call wrong. Right. But he said, sir, do you have two sons? And it kind of took me back. And I was like, hey, who is this? Why do you have my son's phone? What's going on? He said, well, they've been in an accident. How quickly can you get here? And, you know, as a parent, you're thinking they need me there. They're minors. I got to get there and help with insurance, all this. But as I'm driving to the accident scene, the guy kept calling me. And every time he called me, I had a little bit of a suspicion. This was more than a fender bender. Uh, And finally, the guy said to me, Cause I kept saying, let me talk to Caleb. Let me talk to Caleb. And he finally said, sir, I'm not a medical professional. 
all I can tell you is your son is still breathing. And I was like, what? Still breathing? Oh, what are you talking man. about? And at that point, I'm realizing, okay, this is this is serious. Sure. Um, so that's kind of the event surrounding the phone call. Golly. Oh. It was awful. It's terrible. So, so you get there and, and it's just, I guarantee it's chaos. Absolute chaos, man. Ambulances, and- Clayton's in one ambulance, Caleb's in the other. They wouldn't let us go see Caleb. We did not know this at the time, but they had called in the fatality team. Caleb's an organ donor. They were not expecting him to live. They were, they had resuscitated him, put in a breathing tube, and they were trying to do all that could to support him. And they told us, go to the go to the hospital. So we went to OU Trauma Center and we got there and we actually beat the ambulance there. And I was trying to get some information. It was chaos and this woman came running in the ER. She was wearing a white outfit. She had blood all over her. She said, are you Caleb's parents? And we said, yes. And she introduced herself. She said, my name's Jalinda. She goes, I saw the accident. She goes, I'm a certified CPR trained instructor. She goes, I ran across the highway. Nobody was helping Caleb. She was the third person on the accident scene. So she beat the EMS workers. Hmm. And come to find out, nobody was tending to Caleb because they thought he was dead. Wow. So, she climbed in. She goes, I want you to know something. She goes, I stopped the bleeding. I cleared his airway. She said, but I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. She goes, I prayed over your son from head to toe. And God has told me your son is going to live. I mean, this woman doesn't even know us. She doesn't even know if I'm a Christian or not. She knows nothing about me. She yeah. goes, but God has told me your son is going to live. And that was the very moment God just stepped in and let us know he was doing something different. Something with bigger, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you let's let's fast forward just a little bit. He's in the hospital. They're they're yep. saying now he's gonna live, but it's well gonna... the first four, first 48 hours were critical. They they didn't okay. expect him to. They put a, a drain in his head to drain the fluid off the brain, all of these things. And they kept telling us, you need to prepare. Your son probably won't make it. He probably you need to prepare. So we were preparing for Caleb to die, but yeah. we're believing that God was going to spare him. Well, he lived the first 48 hours, and then he just kind of kept hanging in there. Now, Caleb was in a coma eight weeks. We're talking Caleb was unresponsive for two months. He would not even follow a simple command, blink your eyes, give me a thumbs up, yeah. none of that stuff. He was completely out uh, for two months. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. there, you know, during that transition, and when he's in the coma, they're they're thinking the worst. Hey, he's not going to wake up. He's not coming out of this, this coma. He and told then, us, the doctor said, if that's, this is probably what he'll do the rest of his life, be on support the rest of his life. To support, yeah. yeah. And so fast forward to the point where he starts making progress. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, we moved our whole family to Denver, Colorado. There's a hospital there called Craig Hospital. And every day we'd walk into Caleb's room. We'd say, Caleb, it's, we'd tell him the day, we'd tell him what happened, where he is, but no response. It's like he would just stare. Yeah. And one day he was sitting in his chair. And his occupational therapist said, Caleb, can you nod your head? Yes. Out of nowhere, Caleb nods his head. First time we'd asked him to do that every day, but eight weeks later he did it. And uh, we we like to say, Caleb, what were you doing? And Caleb goes, dad, don't worry. I was just taking the best nap of my life. That's what he said, right? (laughs) He likes to say he was in coma heaven. Well, he woke up and man, he just continued. It was crazy. He continued to progress and they could not. These doctors in, in, in Denver were shocked because they were like, this, this kid is doing way more than we ever thought. 
They thought we were in denial. We had scripture all over his room, playing worship music, reading the Bible, praying over him. They were like, these poor parents are in denial. But we just believed that God was doing something different. And we know what it's like to pray for something and to go the other way. Because we prayed for our son, Trey, just as hard as we did Caleb. And God chose to heal Trey in heaven. So we know you don't always get what you're asking. But we really believed God was doing something different with Caleb. And, uh, and so, man, Caleb just began to wake up. It was unbelievable. God did it. Man, man, that's so amazing. Okay, so he wakes up. He, he starts physical therapy. He goes yep. in. And they think, man, he's not going to be able to walk. He's not going right. to be able to, to do normal things. Talk about how that has changed. Oh, man. So from... So that was in 2018, and he was in Craig Hospital for five months. Then we went to Omaha, Nebraska, another rehab for three months. Then we went to Boise, Idaho, another place for one month. So eight months he was gone, and he just kept getting a little bit better every time. But he was still in a wheelchair pretty for, for all of that time. He was learning how to walk. It was very difficult for him. Sure. Well, we got back to, to Newcastle uh, in September of 2018. And that whole year was tough. I mean, my strong athletic son having to relearn how to tie his shoes, brush his teeth, all the basic things you do as a kid, but he just kept working at it. We'd go to the football field every day and he would get up and he would take his walker and go down and back. Then I would hold his arm. Then he just got to a place where he was doing it on his own. God just kept miraculously restoring him day by day. And I mean, I mean, it's crazy. He graduated high school, 2020, class of 2020, right in the pandemic. He went to college. We had to help him a lot, but he graduated sure. with a two-year degree from Rose State. Caleb is still very limited. Um, can't drive. He battles a lot of basic things, sure. but he is restored in all the ways that matter the most. He is, we like to say that before the wreck, he was alive physically, but dead spiritually. Okay. After the wreck, He's less alive physically, but he's been resurrected spiritually. He's a totally different kid in all the ways that matter. Praise the Lord. I, I've, I've seen some pictures and some videos of him when, when worship is happening and when, oh. when music is being played and he's singing. And man, he's just pouring his heart out to the Unreal. Lord. Unreal. And it's just been such an encouragement. I remember when I got uh, somebody sent me y'all story through social media and, and the, and the Facebook page, uh, yeah. pray for Caleb. And I just, I read through that and man, I, I just, I laid that before our church and just laid it on our church prayer list. I said, we need to pray for this young man and for his family. I don't know this pastor. I don't know this, yeah. his son, but man, I just know that they love the Lord and we need to ask God to do a work. And it just, you and I have become friends through this yeah. social media world. And it's just been, it's been wild to watch, his growth and your family's growth through this whole thing. Well, the um, prayer, I would say the prayer, man, this is, this is a big component we like to celebrate because prayer is a weird thing, right? Yeah. I mean, God is, God is sovereign totally, but somehow he calls us to pray on him and uses our prayer in some way to accomplish his will. Right. Yeah. And, and like we, we saw what prayer is supposed to look like during Caleb's journey. So like, for instance, there, there were people that prayed for us that we've never even known. People prayed for Caleb harder than they prayed for their own kids. Yeah, We had people signing up to pray for him through the night. We got to see what happens when God's people really come together, focus uh, kind of in a concerted way uh, in prayer. Uh, so we attribute Caleb's healing to two things, the grace of God, just the sheer grace of God, and then man, the faithful prayers of God's people. Uh, just amazing to, to watch that take place. 
Amen. Absolutely. Well, okay. So the reason we, you and I had been talking, um, we've been trying to put together an event where you and I could do something together for good grief, um, going on <laughs> right at probably two years. Yeah. Um, and, and we're finally going to, we, we're, we're knocking this out. 2024 is the year Lord willing and the creeks don't rise. We're coming, uh, baby. We're coming. <laughs> right. We're ready. So you and Caleb are coming here to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and we're yep. going to do an event at Bartlesville Southern Baptist Church, and it's going to be on sa- Saturday night, January twentieth. And yes. and we're this we're wide open it wide open. Um, we're whoever wants to come can come, and it's going to be an incredible evening. You guys are going to share your story that you've been sharing all over the country. Yep. Um, people can get to meet Caleb, get to meet you, and yep. and, and and see the people all, all the time. I just would love to see a miracle. Well, guess what? You're going to see one January 20th and it's just going to be an incredible evening of, of ministry and worship and just glorifying King Jesus. And so um so looking forward to that. Thank you so much for agreeing to come and be a part of this with us. Um, like, let me just say this, man, for those that are watching or will watch this um yeah. man, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. What, what, hearing what Caleb has to share in the way that God has kind of brought this together. It is life-changing. It is. We see people come to know Jesus. We see people that are just so hopeless, receive tremendous hope uh, through their circumstances. It'll increase your prayer life. It'll cause you to want to be a bold witness. It'll Caleb has a way of helping people see, man, there's, if you're breathing, there's a purpose for your life, no matter what you're going through. And I promise you, it'll be an unforgettable night. Like we, we're seeing God do amazing things and we can't wait to come. We're honored you would even ask us and uh, we, it's just going to be a great night. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I asked my my childhood friend from elementary and junior high, Jeremy Little, um, if he'd lead, help me lead worship for this thing. And he and I are going to do that together. And I can't wait for that. That's We haven't done that. We haven't sang. The last time he and I sang together, we did a DC Talk song. So that will tell oh, you man. how far back that was. So Dude, this, I love uh, it. this is going to be fun. He, yeah, looking well, forward. Wait a minute. So you got Jeremy and Caleb and Jeremy and Caleb? I, right? And so... I, it's it's gonna be fun. I mean, that's what are the odds of that? that that's and that's that was not my intention when I first did it. And then I looked at the poster and I went, wait a minute, wait a second. <laughs> oh, dude, and, and you're gonna love Caleb. Caleb's favorite phrase is Jesus loves you. He tells every person he meets, every single person Jesus loves them. Um, it's really amazing, and that's opened the door. He's a little evangelist, he's bold, man. Come on, baby. It's like he he doesn't want to waste his life, you know. So we We'll talk about this that night, but Caleb's come to know Jesus after the accident. Mm-hmm. He believes he, if he would have died that night, he would have gone straight to hell. Yeah. But God saved his soul eight months after the wreck. And I mean, he has flipped him in every possible way. Dude. Come on. It's amazing. Yeah. That's that's so incredible. I, I was one of those kids that went through high school as a, I'm a, I'm a PK. Yeah. And I, I thought I knew Jesus. I was a religious lost kid. Exactly. And if I had died in high school, man, game over. And God did a work my end of my senior year and just totally transformed my heart and my mind and my life for Christ. And so I I can, I can relate to Caleb's story and and to how he, you know, that that's God does stuff and just changes, changes your, your whole personage. And so that's, I'm so looking forward to this. So if, if, so you guys have a book out, um, 
If we do. About the story. And it's called hashtag, but God. But God, the power of hope when catastrophe crashes in. And that's another, you know, what is but God? But God, first off, is all over the Bible, right? Um, th those two words. But God is rich in mercy. But God demonstrated his love for us, you know. So, but God became a theme. We'll talk about it the night of uh, when we come on the 20th of January. Sweet. But God is a phrase God gave us to say God has the final say. Not man, not doctors. God has the final say. Amen. And so we were approached by Thomas Nelson Publisher. They said, man, we want to tell your story. And um, the book is Caleb's story, but it also interweaves a lot of other things in our lives because everybody has but God moments. Everybody has those moments Absolutely. where God steps in. And the book, but God, so I'll have it with us that night. We'll make it available. People can get one if they want. But it's a powerful a recollection of our journey that I believe gives a lot of hope to people in, in their life. Praise the Lord. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to be a part of it. So you guys have a website now. I just saw that came yeah, up. Dude. What's it's that? It's up and running. So hash, it's hashtag buttgod.com. So you just got to spell it out. H-A-S-H-T-A-G-B-U-T-G-O-D.com. And it's got our, uh, uh, you can read about Caleb's journey. It's got some videos on there you can watch. Uh, you can request us to come speak at your church. It's got um, just all different things about Caleb's ministry. It's a really helpful site that kind of tells you about who we are. Hashtag buttgod.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just talking about this and just and, and looking forward to January being with you um, and just and fellowshipping with you and Caleb. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. Hey, You're would you just miss us? I'm sorry. Go ahead. In Bartlesville, here we come, baby. We're ready. Come on. Man. Bring it on. Hey, would you dismiss us in prayer, my brother? Oh, please. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this time. God, thank you for Caleb. I love God, his heart for you and his desire, God, to reach his community with the gospel, his faithfulness to preach your word. Uh, God, we just thank you for him. Thank you that he would have the just the, the desire to bring us in. And we pray even now for that event on the 20th that you would accomplish God, everything that you desire, that your will would be done, and we would just be pawns in your hand, and you would use us however you see fit. So we pray for every person that needs to be there, God, they would be there. You would save souls. You would do miracles. You would work wonders in people's hearts and lives as we remain faithful to you, and God, lift you up. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Thanks, Caleb. Hey, yeah, no problem.